Hey there, I'm Mariah. And I'm Brian. And this is Retention Chronicles. E-commerce brands are shifting their strategy to retention and customer experience. And so we decided to reach out to top D2C brands and dive deeper into tactics and challenges. But here's the thing, we love going on tangents. I teach Brian all about the latest trends. And I teach Mariah that it's a waste of time. And we discuss all things in the Shopify ecosystem. So go ahead and start your workout or go on that walk and tune in as we chat. Retention Chronicles is sponsored by Malomo, a shipment and order tracking platform, improving the post-purchase experience. Be sure to subscribe and check out all of our episodes at gomalomo.com. Hi, Brian. Hello. Hi, Mariah. How are you? I'm good. Um, Busy. Good thing. And yourself? Busy as well. Um, For our listeners, we just had an internal hackathon. That was a lot of fun. That took a lot of our time. Um, So it was fun to work with like a bunch of other people from different teams this week. And to get like a solution up and running within like 40 or um, like a prototype up and running. A lot of good solutions, too. Uh, well above expectations. I you better you have voted for mine. <laughs> Conflict of interest. I didn't. <laughs> it was up there. It was up there. Um, it was a lot to do. Yeah. So. Uh, well, it, it, your presentation was good. Um, and then before that, we talked to Tenzo T, mm-hmm. Steve from Tenzo T. I thought that went really well. I thought so, too. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to try Tenzo T. Uh, for the listeners out there, we're, we have learned uh, we now purchase Tenzo T, right? Actually, mine's mm-hmm. supposed to come to me the next day or two. And I did receive my uh, shipping notifications from Tenzo T, SMS and email. Um, I actually have a few recommendations for them. So I think I want to send them to Steve. Just yeah, you should. To That's do. fun. Yeah. Yeah, we ordered them, um, ordered our Tenzo T after talking to Steve. So. We're going to enjoy it. Um, mine's supposed to come, I think, this week. So, okay. Yeah. I only ordered it a day after you, but I also got my notification. So I did standard shipping. I didn't do yeah. the uh, fast shipping. Um, okay. So, last time we were all over the place. This time we can be <laughs> a little more structured, right? Episode two, we learned a little bit more. So, yeah. we have a few subjects that are pretty just out there and a few subjects that are more based on post-purchase e-commerce or specifically about Malomo. Yes. Again, I'm going to go to you. Where do you want to start first? Okay. Um, I think it would be fun. I know we kind of chatted about it already in our meeting, um, but recapping like how you felt with your introduction to podcasting. And like listening back to yourself, (laughs) the learning. I think it's always so fascinating um, to hear what people have to say. Uh, It's very relatable. I wouldn't mind recapping all of that. (laughs) Of course. I am already trying to learn uh, a little bit more on this podcast of what to do. You probably will see a few things. But it was hard for me to listen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I picked out I so um um like I, I think I'm really hard on myself so just listening and saying oh I shouldn't have said that or there's that awkward pause there um why did I mention that subject that makes no sense the way I use my hands is crazy 
uh, I now know I'm trying to, I did a little bit of uh, YouTubing and there's like a box. I don't know if you know this or not, but they recommend thinking about it like box. So my okay. hands can go here. Mm. If they go outside the box, that's wild. You don't want okay. wild unless you're trying to be funny, which I'm not trying to be funny. Um, or if you're exaggerating. So you'll realize, or please call me out if you see my hands outside the box, which will probably okay. be I, soon. <laughs> I was going to say, probably once you get into a topic, it, like that would go out the window. That's but I haven't really on. heard that notion. So I think it's really funny that you like watched YouTube videos on it and that you looked that up. One YouTube video. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's not plural. <laughs> One video. It might um, be more. Uh, I didn't want to take up all my time looking or watching these videos. So it was yeah, the, I, the hands and the the speech too. Okay. Hard yeah. I think that, yeah, the speech is really hard to like not to be super hard on yourself with. I mean, when I first started, I know I told you this, but for listeners, um, when I first started listening back to myself, I was like, oh my God, what am I saying? But it gets easier. And I think you did great. So thank you. There's thank all you. in that. Um, and now we're, this is our third episode in for your third. When, when do you become pro? Um, Second, is it after you finish one season? Like probably like, like 16 episodes in. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it felt rewarding because <laughs> Steve said, and we didn't make him say this, but he was yeah. like, this was a great podcast. Like it was I a know. genuine conversation um, that made it all worthwhile. So that's what we want. Yes, I agree. That's the best kind of feedback you can get from a guest. So it was great. Who's our, um, who's our next guest? Our next, so we'll be chatting with next Olipop. Okay. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really we are purchasing Olipop before. Yeah. So we'll be we drinking Olipop while talking to Olipop. That's the, yeah. that's the rule. Yeah, that is the awesome. rule. We were set up. We will set ourselves up for success with that and be on top of it. Cool, awesome. Um, but I can actually pose like a actual question now because okay. that was more just something I think is fun to get recorded. Um, but okay, I'm want to get your opinion on this. So, a sales rep who sends a gift card like in like a LinkedIn message or an email or something? Do you think it's effective? Do you think it works? What do you think like the response is either for yourself or generally? Okay. Um, is it Richard? I forgot his first name. All right. Cialdini, the book is like seven rules, right? And one of those rules is called reciprocity. And it's this mm -hmm. old marketing uh, principle that's still in existence today. And so uh, since I... I'm always thinking about that. I do not whatsoever take that gift card um, or take that gift because I know that I just will feel this uh, ration to give them back something. So that's that's the reason I don't take those gift cards. Do I think it's effective though? Yes, because of that principle. And uh, for the people that aren't thinking about that principle on a day-to-day -day basis and saying, oh, uh, just going to uh, take this gift card. What's what's so hurtful for that? But um, it is effective, 100% effective. Okay, like effective in getting someone to like 
chat with you, like hop on a call. Yes. Just defining the effective. Um, it's, it's effective in getting someone's attention, right? Like all as marketers, all we're trying to do is just get, get those 15, 20 seconds of someone's attention. And if we've got a great pitch and get them interested, perfect. Um, and it's one way to get that 20 seconds, I think. Um, yeah. but it's, it's insane though. I mean, my LinkedIn inbox, I'm curious, is yours like this or no? Is it mine is gift card after gift card after gift card. And then it's, and then it's donations now. I don't know. Have you seen that too? We'll give a donation of $50 okay, to your charity yeah. of the choice. If you take this call with us. I have seen donate. Well, so I've only gotten one um, of it being like gift card or donation. So it's kind of one and the same, but I do agree. It's effective in capturing your attention and maybe it's just the worry in my mind, but I also, do you think it ever comes off as like, like somewhat like a, um, not like, not a catfish, but like a scam, like that someone's yes. like hacking you. Oh, like, is that ooh, like, cause that's I didn't like think about what, that. <clears throat> that's what come, came to my mind when I initially got them, but maybe just cause it was I, like, that was the first one I ever got. And I was like, the I, like, email I is a scam or like the actual process of redeeming a gift card is a scam. Both. Like the email is a scam to then like get you to click on something to then be hacked. Hmm. Like, cause you know how, like if you yeah, like yeah, yeah. all these SMS messages all the time. Yeah, or like Instagram too. People will DM you and be like, "Click on this thing." Doesn't and then happen to me. Instagram. <laughs> okay, well maybe this is context for why I'm thinking like okay. that. Okay, because is. like people's Instagrams will get hacked, and then so it's like all these weird stories and posts get put up, and then people text the person and they're like, "Hey, is this you?" Like it looks like you're not. Like some of them are really weird, so it's like it looks like this is not you, and then a person like has to delete their Instagram, go back and be like, I got hacked because I clicked on this thing. Like, don't mm -hmm. do it. So that's what my initial response was to getting one in LinkedIn. And I was like, I was like looking at the brand, the person, like the software that they use to automate like gift cards and stuff. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is like an actual person reaching out or if it's a bot or a hacker or something. Yeah. So at the end of the day, can it get someone's attention? Yes. And if you're looking to get someone's attention, it's a good way um, because it's incredibly hard today when there's so many brands out there um, and every consumer only has 24 hours in their day and it's usually made up of their personal things to attend to. And so if you're trying to get those 20 seconds, it's definitely a reasonable way to do it, but there's so many trade-offs. I think it, it downplays your brand. Um, uh, sales team, Usually, like if it's a marketing team that's doing it and then passing off that lead to the sales team, uh, usually the sales team's like, I want real leads that are actually interested in the product. And that's the problem. They're interested in the gift card. And then you have to educate them on the product. And a lot of the sales team is just interested to sell them, um, not to take three, four or five phone calls and educate them. So that's what I've seen. Uh, okay, here's my question for you. Uh, so this, is, this is a retention chronicle. This goes back to our conversation with Tenzo T, right? And he kept on saying he has high LTV. Um, mm -hmm. 
He was really excited about that, which you should be really excited about. Now, as a consumer, are there brands out there uh, right now that you're spending money on where the brand is saying uh, Mariah is a high LTV customer? Um, no, <laughs> short answer. Okay. I don't think so. So Do you have any subscriptions to anything right now? Spotify, I think is the uh, only one. Yeah. Um, how long have you been a Spotify customer for? Oh, so long. Like oh. it's not, if it, it's not like a, obviously, um, like it's not a like consumer goods brand. And so a little bit different but i think since definitely since college um i think since high school as well so is it because you didn't want the ads that's the that's the reason yeah because i listen to so much music Mm. that and like for workouts too like it could just destroy the like workout for me so if like you're in a test piece so for listeners i was a college rower so test pieces are very like high energy high stress and so if you have, and the most standard test for a rower is their 2K. So that give or take is around, you know, like 7.30 to 8.30 minutes it takes to row a 2K. And so if you have like even just one, like 30 second or a minute ad, that's an eighth of your whole test process. And like, it really, really impacts how you're doing (laughs) so like i had like a playlist that was my 2k playlist and it was like Mm -hmm. every song i knew which was coming on because like that was a cue for me to be doing this in like the race so i think that's probably why i converted to being a paid being a paying customer and having a subscription because i didn't want and like that's only the eight minute test we had 10ks that are 40 minutes long so it's like you would have two because it's every i think it's like 30 seconds or one minute ads for every 30 minutes that you're listening. And so they, they okay. had a good system. And also you couldn't choose. I think it was like, you couldn't um, queue up songs or like something weird and that you couldn't have a playlist or a queue or something um, if you didn't have the paid version. And so I was like, I'm a playlist person when I'm working out. Okay. So you're doing it to save time. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you could say save time, um, uh, be more productive in your day. What, why not move to all the other alternatives? I think it's because one, I feel like now I'm in the life stage where I'm like, oh, I would actually do that and be consistent. Cause a lot of, at least like for food brands, mm-hmm. I, in college, I was going to the dining hall up until senior year. And then now working in the space, I'm exposed to a lot more brands that I have either tried or want to try. So I think I'm just like, honestly, early in the consuming life stage of like higher end products that have things like subscription. You know, before it was like, I go to the grocery store and just like get stuff that look good. Like I wasn't really doing much shopping online for food until the last year moving to Indianapolis. And then in terms of products, I really, in terms of stuff I use day to day, I don't have a ton. Like my mind goes to makeup. I'm not wearing makeup every day. And so it's like on the weekend. So it usually lasts me a pretty long time and I'm not good enough at it to like actually know (laughs) what I would like good brands that I should get. So like now I'm just trying that stuff out of like from brands like Ilya, like they're, they, I just bought some of their products, like trying 
them out, but they're not even a subscription service. So it's, I think it's for me. In order to get to a subscription service there, you need to feel really educated and you need to feel really good about the brand before going into uh, a subscription. Yeah. So like I'm now in the, and I think it's direct correlation because of our industry of like, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are great. I'm being exposed to a lot of brands and I'm like, oh, I could see myself subscribing to them. I just haven't yet. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, and like, like other subscription stuff, like, like beauty products and whatnot. And like, I don't, I don't have a ton that have subscription options or the ones that I use. Yeah. Yeah. So here is, I could think of two um, and Mm -hmm. this is, is this for are, you? Yeah, this is for me. Uh, okay. Yeah, that would be awkward if I knew <laughs> two for you. Um, two for me. Give me recommendations. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's your, here's our interesting recommendations. One is, I think a year ago is when I started subscribing to Wall Street Journal. I was um, going to say, if you say like New York Times, like, yeah. Yeah. Or Wall Street, yeah. And uh, second is, have you heard of the Tavala oven? Mm-mm. So it's a, uh, um, you're, you're paying for the oven and it's one of those, oh my gosh, I forgot the word, like just a countertop. Like, oh, a toaster oven? Yeah, toaster oven. Oh my gosh. Um, there you go. It's a toaster oven. Thank you. And you pay for a subscription to like a meal and um, you get one, two, three, four. You can decide on how many meals per week. Um, they come in the mail and you put it into the toaster oven and it, like you scan the barcode and it automatically knows the oven or I'm sorry, the temperature and the time. And then it comes out. Um, the other thing you can do with the toaster oven is it That's has cool. the bar can or the bar code uh, barcode and you can scan it and it tell it, know, it recognizes what product it is. It already knows like how long and the temperature to, to um, cook it at. So I've been, I've been often on that, but I think those are the two things that I spent probably the most, like they would see me as a high LTV customer. And I kept on thinking that, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying too. It's about consistency, right? Yeah. Like if I know exactly what I'm going to be getting every single month, I'll pay for that. Especially if the quality is high. Wall Street Journal hasn't changed in hundreds of years. Um, It's crazy. But like for me too, I wanted to move to a, a paper so I wasn't spending all my time by breaking news and then through my phone. So I get my get my news in the morning, read it, and done for the day. Um, trying to save time there. But I know exactly what I'm going to get every single morning. And then for the Tavala, the quality of the food is super high, like super high. So I know what I'm going to get every single. Sure, I could change my order up, but the quality, I'll know what quality I'll get. Um, so I was thinking about like the Tenzo T thing too, like, if I'll be a subscriber to Tenzo T, the quality is high and it stays high. For me, that's what matters most. That's yeah. why I'll stay a customer. If I don't know what I'm getting every single month or if the quality changes, product changes a little bit, um, or even if I'm hesitant, like from a cross-sell or upsell for something new, that's where it gets tricky. To think. Yeah, like I could see myself being a subscriber to something that I'm consuming every day. I just don't. Like even for drinks, like Tenzo tea, like I'm really excited to try matcha. And I'm like, maybe this is like a better caffeine substitute for me because I just don't find that I need a ton of caffeine that like traditional coffee gives me. So it's like, I could see that, but I think you're right in that. Like the only other thing I can think of is I tried HelloFresh, which is similar to that of like, 
the meals, but I found that I was traveling too much that I didn't need like all of the meals all at once. And I'm cooking for myself. Right. So it's like, if I had like a family right now, that would be so convenient. But, um, that was one thing like the subscription that I had to stop because I was like, I have so much food now. It's too, too much for me um, at this point in my life. But I know I'm like, that's a really good option. If where I'm at, my life changes later. A little fresh does a ton of advertising, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're everywhere and they're, uh, they're They're pretty big into influencer. Yeah. And podcast advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, Guess what their retention, I just Googled this right now. Guess what their retention rate is. Ooh, okay. This is fun. Huh. Is it like 20%? That's a good guess. Uh, 15. It's 15%. That's really good. I mean, that's so, it makes complete sense now. Like that's so low. Um, Mm -hmm. They only retain 15% of their customers after 12 months, it says. Um, and it says the other their other competitors, Blue Apron and Home Chef, retain even yeah. more at eight percent after twelve months. Um, that's why they spend so much on acquisition because they're not retaining all their customers, which is the point of our podcast. If you can retain your customers, and then you don't have to spend so much on acquisition. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Fifteen percent. That's so low. It makes sense though. I think it's it's like honestly, I loved having it. Um, it was really easy meal prep and really good food. Like mm-hmm. it felt like I was a chef. Um, <laughs> don't laugh too much about that. <laughs> but <Sorry. laughs> no, no, no. But it really, I was like, oh, it's so convenient and mm-hmm. great. It was just too much for me on my own. And so like, yeah, it was like I, each meal I could get two or three meals out of, which is great. But then by the time the next box came around, I was like, oh, my God, I've only used half of the food from the other one. And then so it was like too much and um, then traveling and whatnot. You know, you're not going to bring boxes yeah. of HelloFresh with you on a plane. So, um, it's yeah, but it's hard to change your behavior. Uh, exactly. That's just the end result of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I have another. Well, it's your turn. Topic. OK. If you guys my. <laughs> I don't even have like a question around this, <laughs> but I wanted, we were talking okay. about it on our other meeting as well. Um, and we had to stop, but Disney adult, because you recently went to Disney. Do you want to go here? <laughs> I do want to go here. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so, um, which I think is really fun, like fun to note that, you wanted to go on all the roller coasters and like we're trying to bring your kids so i want you to tell a little bit more about that um but disney adults like what do you like when did you first become aware of disney adults i guess we can we can start there like that notion okay well let let me i'll give a little bit of backstory here um yeah i think so i have uh, an eight-year-old son uh, a six-year-old daughter uh and we took them to Disney World when we were just coming out of COVID, something like that. Um, and we then went to Disneyland maybe a year after. And the opportunity came up again to go to Disney World again. So this, this was our third time we took the kids to Disney World. And I think it was during that, or let me stop. The, again, eight and six, 
they're not they they're just starting to enjoy rides but nothing crazy i do like roller coasters so it's the worst <laughs> it was one of the worst feelings where like there's a roller coaster i forgot which one exactly um uh, you're like, damned uh, if you do you're damned if you don't yeah yeah <laughs> can't win. Uh, i want to go <laughs> i can't go by myself or i could try to drag a, a kid with me but they don't want to go so i just uh we're going on these little little rides uh but when i was doing the research i mean for Disney these days, it's crazy. We could talk about this uh, at a later time, but you can do tons of research to understand like what you're getting into. But it was through that research that I then understood there is this term of adult Disney's, which are what I think of only adults like without children going to Disney often, very frequent. Yeah. What do you want okay. to know about it? I like I like that you defined it. I was going to ask you like give your definition. Yes. Um. So it was it was this time around that you like kind of learned about the terminology? Yes, it started it? coming okay. up more like during my research, um, adult Disney's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that because you, you say adult Disney's <laughs> instead of Disney adults. <laughs> I think it's really fun. <laughs> There's like, no proper term. <laughs> you're, right, you're right. You're right. We're here to say. I think there is, though. Like, okay. um, but adults. I bring it up. I bring it up also because I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Armchair Expert. And okay. um, one of their like branches that fall under that podcast is called Flightless Bird. And it's this New Zealand co-host uh, who started out like coming on the Armchair Expert podcast to talk about like um, conspiracy theories. So super interesting. He did all the research, like talk with people, whatever. And then his new series is about like interesting or weird phenomena in the US that he's trying to understand as someone who is from so outside Zealand. the US. I yes. So it's very interesting. Like he, he what are some other topics? Um, I think he talks about like, um, Oh my God, I have to look it up. But anyways, I just was listening to the one right after we chatted about um, you going to Disneyland. And I was like, Disney adult. Um, did they have an episode about this? Or yes. not? Oh, they did? Yeah. Yes. Um, so did you learn anything interesting? Well, you know, I feel like all I really learned is that like how many more like, Disney adults are out there or like why they like the connection that they feel with like Disneyland and like um I'm like halfway through it right now so mm. maybe you can follow it up but like there's like hidden perks and stuff like that um that if you're like a frequent goer I guess um you can like get exclusive perks and then there's also like have you heard of club 33 no Okay, so it's like, I guess this elite club in Disneyland, like there's all these behind the scenes things that mm. I did not know. And I've only gone once as a kid. Um, and so like, I, I remember the pins, like collecting the little pins yes, in Disney. I've like I was obsessed with that. Like we, all my siblings and I had a little lanyard and it was like the biggest thing if my parents like let us like get a pin that day yes. um, and like trade them with like the characters and stuff. So that was like my experience of disney so i haven't had like a ton of exposure just because i've only gone once um 
but I think it's just, it's so interesting. It's uh, okay. I'm going to tie this into our theme because yeah. if there are, and hopefully there are D2C founders or just D2C brands listening right now, if you're thinking about high LTV, read anything you can about Disney, Disney World and like theme parks specifically. You, you buy your ticket and after you buy your ticket, everything is an upsell. Everything is a cross sell. Oh, like you said, like you can join these exclusive clubs. Um, they have, I don't think it's called fast track or fast pass anymore, but right. You can then yeah. up upsell to get in front of the line. Um, they have mobile ordering now and you can, I think, get in line earlier in mobile ordering through some sort of upsell. Uh, there's, there are packages where you have like special days, right? And special occasions that then is a higher price than the standard ticket, but then it's more exclusive. I think there's so many honestly great ideas that a lot yeah. of DC brands can take advantage of when they learn more about how Disney conducts its business. We might be becoming Disney adults on this call. What if we just study yeah. adults now? Yeah. Well, but you're right. There are, and like so many, so much of the branding too goes into it. Like all the little pins, all the characters, all yes. the, like all the um, employees dressing up as the characters, all the like rides being after movies for your favorite people. And like, so I remember the Lego experience being so like monumental. Cause it was like, they had all these different like yes. statues and everything built with Legos. And then it's like, they sell miniature versions in the store. Like it is a good, it is a good, um, Let's put like let's a put little... a pin on this. I think we could have another episode that's just dedicated to how a D 2 C brand can utilize the best practices of uh of Walt Disney World. Okay. Let's um, my only ask is that yeah. we'll title the episode that we become Disney adults and that we actually go to Disney. Oh. <laughs> Do you think those are easy sales? I, th I think first so. one, yes. <laughs> Second one will be hard to expense. <laughs> Maybe I think we uh, can do it. <laughs> well, they have a creator's fund now. Um, <gasps> yes. Uh, and like influencers fund. Um, but it's highly exclusive, what you know. But course, maybe we have a chance. We'll see. Okay, maybe, maybe. After I hear that they hear this episode, I feel like they have to. Yeah. Let us yeah. That They're part. gonna tune yeah. into the next one. Um, okay. Okay. Put good. A pin that, in it, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I, lo I love that at the end. We either evaluate or like that was good. No, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> A plus. Okay. How about so Tenzo T and uh -huh. Steve brought this up on our last uh, episode, and I knew about them before, but I think I should know a lot more about them. Um, which is Mr. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. He Steve did bring him up. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I actually don't know a ton about him. So this might be fun for us. Yes. Um, all I know is that he is a YouTube like personality or person or like influencer. And so um I know that he does like stunts. And stunts? it's like Yeah, yeah. Like it like if okay, look him up right now and I'm sure you'll see like like some of his top videos are I hunted a hundred people for I don't even know how many like I, this is like some games so it's like not actually hunting but um sorry I'm counting zeros okay for a million dollars 
So I haunted a hundred people for a million dollars on some game. Another one is titled, yeah. I survived the plane crash. Another one is I give some ungodly number of number of subscribers. Oh, I gave my, I think it's 10, a million, billion, a hundred million subscriber an island. So it's like rooted in the extreme. Um, yeah. And people watch. So, oh, interesting. Okay. I that's what I wanted to ask you. So was how did he get his start? Right? Because I, I'm now I know I'm, I know what he did after and the um now that Mr. Beast Mr. Beast hamburgers um or burgers mm-hmm. I should say is yeah. kind of like what he's trying to focus on and very successful at it right now. But I didn't know how he got his start. So let's break this down for our audience really quick that maybe is similar to me and has no idea what we're talking about. So it, it's a really interesting concept, right? Because yeah. it was an individual that has a very large following. We have to figure out how he actually got his large following, but he has a large following uh, primarily on YouTube. And then what he did is like, how can he um, use that following for uh, to, to make more money, honestly? And so instead of creating actual stores he would look at uh small businesses that are already in malls around the communities uh that aren't very successful he would partner with them to be the kitchen and using his brand bringing people to the store Um, Mm. and he started with uh hamburgers and so now you have mr b's hamburgers but he uses he uses his branding. He uses the store as what they call a ghost kitchen, right? Like a kitchen that um, only sells, uh, or is there just to primarily make the food, and then they can either it be delivered or you know there's not really a place to like sit down and eat there. Um, yeah, but it's 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 insane. Okay, um, it is insane. I okay, so hold up Wikipedia. So disclaimer might not be in incredibly accurate but because we both don't know the early because I like I feel like Mm -hmm. this was early so it says the his real name is Jimmy Donaldson so began posting videos in early 2012 at the age of 13 under the handle Mr. Beast 6000 and then um the early videos were like estimating the wealth of other YouTubers and then in 2017, he went viral after his counting to 100,000 um, video earned tens of thousands of views in just a few days. And he's become increasingly popular ever since. Um, and then it says over time, his style of content diversified to include challenge and donation videos that reward thousands of dollars, videos with tasks or survival challenge, survival challenges. Um so yeah, it sounds like he just like he 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 became viral. He gained a yeah. lot of followers and now can do whatever he wants with those followers, like you said, go to. Um okay, it also he also runs other several YouTube channels, including Beast Reacts, Mr. Beast Gaming, Beast Shorts, and a I philanthropy channel. He's also one of the 10 highest paid YouTubers of 2020. Okay, he's the founder of Mr. Beast Burger and Feastables, a co-creator of Team Trees fundraiser for the arbor day foundation so So you've got a lot going on yeah here's what's interesting me here's a um this is what i saw 
like pretty much this is when he opened like his store i think in minneapolis you see that yeah i can see um and the amount of people there so here's what's amazing to me i would bet before seeing this that all of these influencers have this following and they strictly stay online but he has obviously proved that you can use this online following offline and i always thought that was extremely difficult uh and that wouldn't happen but he's proven that people will come offline and spend money yeah i mean yeah. it it goes back to our conversation the question i posed to you and steve of like are influencers in that category of like celebrity endorsements now like emma chamberlain coffee and aritzia yes. they they recently did a um a pairing and so aritzia is like a high-end fashion um like apparel store right yeah. so aritzia what they and i watched um a video on this because i thought it was very interesting um but what aritzia did is like they didn't even make a new like you know how celebrities it's like oh they're lying with like someone else right mm -hmm. so it's like they're designing all this what aritzia and emma chamberlain did was aritzia was like we think our fashion our look our branding matches you we want to take our like everyday item and put you in them and like that is the campaign so it's not even like this new thing it's just taking what they have and matching like getting emma's following to then be like oh my god aritzia so cute and then they're now associated together yes, yes. and like she was like drinking her coffee too like it was like a whole high-end like kind of like because Aritzia is a little bit businessy, like okay. they have like, trousers and stuff like that. Um, and so it was like this whole campaign and people were like, that's, that's smart because they're like very well aligned originally. So it's not like some random, you know, endorsement that it's like, what does, like I saw an example, it's like, what does Zendaya have to do with smart water? But because she's Zendaya, it's like, oh, it's good for the brand. But like Aritzia and Ember Chamberlain, they're very already close together. Yeah. So that's where it's like, is the influencer space where someone has their specialty. Like Steve was talking about, um, I think it was Kylie who works for them, who is like the special like recipe creator. Like yes. that's where they're an expert. So it's like food brands now know that and want yes. to go to them because they're an expert rather than their expertise being in acting, which I think is like a very interesting delineation between the two. If I was starting a D2C corn brand, like we talked about before, <laughs> Uh, I would first and foremost, like where I would start as a marketer. You would is, study Disney first. I would study everything that <laughs> Disney did to Disney did to get a high LTV on their customers, uh, and then I would find an influencer that partners well. Oh, actually, hold on, let me take a step back. I would understand like the position, like what do we stand for, and making sure it's different. What like this corn brand is different than all the rest of those corn brands. When you're buying from our corn brand it means this. If you're buying from other corn brands, it means that. So I would have that statement down, find an influencer that matches that statement and their personality matches the um, what we're going for, partner with them. And then after that is the what you were talking about, and then finding another uh, product vendor that kind of aligns really well and, and then move to that. Uh, that's what I would do. Completely different than any brand probably at least five years ago. Yeah. Crazy, Crazy how times are changing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think learn. that's a great plan. We should roll that out. Into Let's roll it out. Or someone could take brand. it. Yeah. You just have to come on our 
podcast and tell us that you're taking it. You have to do us that due diligence. Yes, and then uh, use our affiliate links. Yes, of course. That's that's a given. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else? Um, the only other thing I was going to mention is um, I saw that Attentive and Loop integrate now, which is great because two of our strong partners integrate. This is more of I didn't, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, this is like Ooh. this is now like the real shop talk. Um, okay, how did you hear about this? I saw it or... on LinkedIn. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Karina posted. Oh, Karina posted it. I didn't mm -hmm. see that yet. Heck yeah. Maybe I was more focused on our podcast, honestly, but I did not see that. Is that a slight dig at me? <laughs> no, it's great for our podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, Wait, this is fun. Have you heard of just joshing? Like, I'm just joshing with you. I've heard of it. Okay, yes. okay. Because I, I don't know said where. It, okay, it might have been from me, honestly. I don't know. Because I, I, I like to say it. I, I like that. I'm just joshing with you. I might start I almost that. said it. And then I was like, oh, maybe Brian doesn't know. No, so you, like, this is the thing. You have to say those things so I learn. Right? Okay. Just right. joshing with you. What was the other thing that, oh, that's dope. Um, yeah. Something else. At the We should have, you know, multiple choice of what all these terms that I can start using. We should start a list, honestly. That would be yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, to answer your question, I did not see that yet. But this is attentive and uh, loop. Yeah, working closer together, strategic yeah. integration. That's they posted um, twenty one hours ago. Okay. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, attentive um, is a communication, email and SMS communication platform for e commerce brands. Loop is a returns platform for e commerce brands. So, very interesting stuff. And both partners of ours. Very exciting. Two successful partners. Uh, they're both doing really well and trying to figure out what that next step is. Maybe uh, influencer marketing. Maybe, well, I guess what they're doing right there is co-branding, right? They're finding yeah. someone else in their market that has different audience. Uh, can they get in front of that audience as well too? And it makes sense. Yeah, it all it all is related. It all comes circling back. Um, but that was the only last thing that I had to okay. mention that I saw. Okay. I'm glad uh, you didn't see it and I could be the first to tell you. Yeah, no, I did not see it, but you just said it came out or you, you saw it uh, less than an hour or an hour ago. No, less than a day. 21, 21 okay, hours. 21 hours. So yes, oh, that's very specific yeah. of you. Uh, I <laughs> well, I have it that. pulled up now because <laughs> I was going to well, check the time frame. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I, I don't have a, a subject uh, or a question, I should say, for you, but more or less a data point that you were talking about before which mm. proves this hypothesis. Do you know what I'm going to say? Is it going to be the average influencer? Because no. we meant to look that up. Oh, we got to do that. Yes, yes, yes. I no, know. no, this is, this is about TikTok and uh, Instagram. So oh. uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram, you know, um, Meta and uh, Meta put out this report that basically is saying that they have one-tenth I think it's one tenth uh, of the users um, and the viewing time as TikTok, and they have to figure out ways to uh, obviously uh, push this. But they said the I think it's the amount of publishing that's going on Reels versus TikTok is minimal, and mm -hmm. everyone is sharing what's on TikTok and posting on Instagram Reels, and they have a lot of work to do, basically is what uh, came out of that report. Uh, and this is everything yeah. you were saying. I'm telling, oh, 
Brian. I thank you for validating that with actual facts. Um, they're trying to figure I, out original. Basically, they're trying to figure out original content, and yeah. they don't have any original content on Instagram Reels because it's all coming from TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say to that, I, I well, let's walk through it for a minute or two. I would say I respect Instagram for putting that out there and saying they have a lot of work to do. Um, I think they they really, can. it was an internal, like it kind of went external, but it's more of an internal oh, thing. Oh, that's even more yeah. interesting. Um, I would say. It's going to be, a, my guess would be it's a very, very steep um, incline because of where they started and what they're known for, right? So, like, this is going back to, like, you think of sharing or, like, ride sharing, you think of Uber. Yep. So, like, that, that you think of a bandage, you think of Rite Aid, you think of a tissue, you think of Kleenex, like, all of that. You think of Instagram, you think of photos. You think of TikTok, you think of videos. And so that's going to be a steep incline because everyone wants to go on Instagram to scroll for videos. I mean, sorry, for photos. Everyone goes on TikTok knowing you're getting videos. And so, like, I think just even when you open the different apps, it's like on Instagram, you're probably like scrolling through that in a very public place if you don't have headphones. Right. So, like, it's more of a silent factor. TikTok, you know, you like probably want the audio. So like you're probably at home or like you have your AirPods and something of the sort. So I think it's it's going to be That's a little, it's a little tough, I think, to break that connotation of now Instagram is both photo and video because they were the leaders in sharing photos. Yeah, this is um, the, this is the conversation we had also with Steve about category creation, uh, which yeah. I'm really interested in, but uh, and probably a ton of marketers are, but um, once you create the category and then you can be the leader of that category, incredibly tough for other others to to come um, and be a leader at least. They can come join the space, but they'll always be second to the leader. Um, yeah. And most likely whoever's creating the space is going to be the leader because you're the first one to say, I'm the leader in this. And it's hard to um, mm-hmm. move away from that. But yeah, so it yeah. might be like, uh, so a headphones thing, right? So Instagram has to work on how do you get people to expect audio and make sure that they start when they they start their session on Instagram with a yeah uh, and how do you not how do you do so while not um like pissing people off because you're taking the platform that they like for video or for photo sharing and making it into something that they don't want like I think that's why TikTok still is doing well because Instagram reels is like a separate category from your your like main scrolling page mm. your main home page on instagram because yep. i'm sure instagram knows people don't go there for videos right now and so if you start putting the same look and feel of like just endlessly scrolling on tiktok that you do instagram people are going to be upset so i'm sure that's what also is going to add into it is that time factor that you have to start slow but it's tough when you mm. have tiktok that's like booming right now um, so let me ask you this: Is it an yeah. like if you're a DTC brand, is it an opportunity to figure out Instagram Reels, or would you say no? Just focus on uh, how do you get in front of brands via TikTok, and then keep on posting yeah. TikToks to all these other platforms. I would say both because so why not? Okay, okay if you're fine. making me choose, then yes, I'm making you choose. Okay. 
but it's tough because you can take the video that you're making on TikTok and just put it on Instagram, but you're not creating it on Instagram. I mean, a lot of people create their TikTok videos out of the app anyways, but that's why I say both because like Hmm. you still have followers on Instagram, like at least from my perspective, people are looking at Instagram followers before they're looking at TikTok followers. Yeah. Yeah. Because Instagram's way more proven out and that like shows your like credibility, I guess. Yeah. But TikTok influencers are starting to get up there. Um so I would say like Instagram is you know directly probably who you're marketing to, like your followers. TikTok is way more random and it gives you a way better chance of going viral because it's so new and like all the kinks are still being worked out. Mm. So that's why I'd say probably tiktok you have a wider audience but instagram i'm guessing you would probably have more loyalty in. okay well to all of our listeners you heard it here folks from the the person that defines herself <laughs> as right in the middle of gen z and millennial of, yes. uh what to do with your digital strategy between tiktok mm-hmm. and instagram reel yeah i think this was a, this worked out really well i i enjoyed I this so chit chat a lot of yeah. a lot of uh, more insights in this one mm-hmm. than last time around. Yeah. I think we were yeah. we were ready for this one. We were having fun with it last. We're time. having fun with it. We're yeah, still having true. fun with we're, it, yeah, but yeah, you're right, you're right. But this was a lot more related, even though we didn't plan for it to be a lot more related. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to our next episode um, mm-hmm. with Holly Pop. And anything else? um it'll be fun i think we're crushing it and i hope listeners are enjoying so i hope so too uh, i'm having fun to like i'm having fun riffing off ideas with you as well i'm learning a ton i think like what at the end of the day maybe we do start this b2c corn brand and uh, <laughs> uh use all these tidbits and, and get some feedback and uh, share with our listeners that's going to be the end of season two is us starting our own corn brand <laughs> let's do it all right sounds good mariah good job right. with you thanks ryan talk next bye time. bye